Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. It's mailbag day. But if you don't send mail, we got nothing to talk about. I heard what you just said. Maybe that's a good idea, Friel. Nevertheless, we're going to carry on here on Wretched Radio, responding to questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks sent to idea at wretched.org. All right, Swill. You sound awful. Thank you. you Bless your heart. Bless you. (laughs) That's the nicest thing you've said today. Um, But no. To me, no, I no uh, to you. <laughs> that's that's very probable. You're getting better though, correct? I am. Yes, I am. I am. Uh, you don't sound like it. I'm eighty five percent. My mother used to say, "You sound like you have a snootful." She didn't talk like that, but that's the standard mother interp- impersonation. You sound you sound like you've got a snootful. Yeah, that's what I sound. Do like. you have the the lung schmutz that, going on? Yes, yes. That's the deal that's going around. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, ag- the truth is, this is going to sound a little, mm, maybe uh, not nice, but I'm actually glad that so many people have the flu. Would you like to know why, Jimmy? Why? Thanks for asking. <laughs> because at least now, everything is in COVID. Oh, yeah. We got some variety now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc, I stubbed my toe. It hurts. What do you think it is? COVID. Alrighty then, send whatever to ideawretched.org and the nasal Jimmy will read them thusly. All right, this one comes from Zachary who says, Todd, how as Christians can we combat negativity in the world today, especially as our society has gone so mad? Yeah, how do you just be, be not that. Be what we're supposed to be. Act the way that we're supposed to act. And maybe more than anything, this will help us to remember that our daily interactions with people are what matters because you and I are not going to change the globe. You and I are not going to change a country, a society. You're not even going to change your town. But you can go about the business of interacting with people in a Christ-like way. He, wow, what it must have been like to be in a town where Jesus showed up and you'd heard the rumors and you went to hear him speak or (laughs) most likely to get somebody in your family healed. And you got to hear the Son of God talk. How amazing. That's what we should sound like. That's what we should act like. That's what we should be like. That's what we're called to. We're not called to change nations. We're called to act in alignment with what we already are, and that is a saint. Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Mary. 
Todd, how do I know I'm being disciplined by God? What does that look like? How does he discipline us? Well, lots of ways. I think think that the key to figuring this out is understanding what discipline is, what it means to be discipled by God, that he will cause or use hard things because we need them. So rather than thinking discipline, it's like, okay, God is upset with us. Christian, God is never upset with you. Furthermore, he can't ever be upset with you because that would be to violate his own nature. Because you are in Christ, he loves you with the intensity he has for the Son that never wavers, that never flags. Even when you're sinning, he loves you that much. There is a constancy to God's love that never wavers or flags. So now, with that thought in mind, am I being disciplined by God? Well, it's not out of anger. It's not because he's agitated. It's not because you're paying for doing something wrong. Jesus paid for all of that. He's discipling you. And so God will let things happen. He'll frustrate you. There will be thorns and thistles. There's going to be some pain and suffering. If it's sinful, he didn't cause it, but he certainly ordained it. If it is something that isn't sinful, like a calamity, too much rain, the gutters back up, you get water in your basement, that's God. And he's doing that for you. He's not doing it to you. He's doing it for you. So now to then try to endeavor to answer Mary's question, how do I know? Well, you know, because it's happening. The only question then that we should ask is, Lord, what would you like me to learn from this? And most likely every single difficulty that you encounter will have, will have probably several lessons that are always present. How's my pride? Am I relying on Jesus? Do I find everything that I need fulfilled in my Savior? Is is there an element of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control that he's trying to increase in my life? And the answer is, yeah, probably. So if you run into something difficult, see it as a blessing. So let's just Let's just do a little nitty-gritty, not the dirt band kind, just a little nitty-gritty here. You're at work. You've got an assignment. And you think, you know what? I've got this thing on time. It's five minutes till five. I got five minutes to send this to my boss. Click. My computer just crashed. Wah! Is God in that? Of course he is. It wouldn't have happened if God <laughs> didn't want it to happen because only the things that God in the correct understood sense, wants it to happen. So now you got to figure out a way to get that report to your boss within five minutes. But then when it's done, you can ask yourself some questions. How did I handle that? Did I panic? Did I freak out? Did I get a sense of impending doom that demonstrated I am experiencing a lack of faith and trusting God and recognizing his sovereignty in all things? So my response ideally should be, oh, Well, that's not good that that happened. Lord, you're in this, so I'm trusting you. Will you please help my faculties do the best to get this to my boss within the next 300 seconds? And if not, Lord, I trust you're in this. So if that means I get written up, I get terminated, then, Lord, there must be something that you want me to learn. Now, 
If you can endeavor to respond to difficulty in that way, you're just going to grow and grow and grow in Christ's likeness. So the bottom line is anytime you've got a difficulty, yeah, God is indeed trying to, better than discipline, disciple you. Questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Doug. Getting a little bassy. All right. (laughs) That's not your normal range. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) You got that gravelly thing going on. You've been smoking? No, I have not. Vaping? No. Okay. Just checking. I need to do some movie trailer voice. Do you look, the vaping thing, I don't get. But. Do you have to, like, inhale it like it's the last breath you're going to take before you have to swim 100 yards underwater? Yeah, I see that, too. Man, they just (laughs) take a drink. It's like, why are you filling up every corridor of your body with that (laughs) whatever it is that it vape, I guess, vaporizer? And furthermore... Can you get stoned from that stuff? I, I think some some you can. I, I don't know for sure. Why not? We're legalizing marijuana, which means basically we're the dopes when we endorse that. Oof. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Doug, who says, Todd, my daughter went to a liberal school, listens to a liberal podcast, <laughs> and says that there are teachers that say Greek in, the Greek and Hebrew has been incorrectly interpreted by conservatives she says this to justify gay rights sure how can i talk to her um there's a there's a film that is going on i think it's called 1946 the accusation is that the uh, in translators of the rsv the revised standard version they brought the term homosexual into first timothy and first corinthians 6 and that that isn't the correct word Uh, Furthermore, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think there's an effort. If it's not in this particular flick, it is an effort to say, well, what Paul was talking about was abusive relationships. Well, that's just not what the Greek text says. There's there's two words that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy, malakos or malakoi in the plural, and arsenikoites, male bed partners is is what it means. And, and, And those two words clearly are defining. Now, we use the word homosexual because that's the word that is used in our vernacular today. They chose that word because that's what Paul was after, and there's no sense that he was defining whether it's an abusive relationship or not. He was saying that activity is sinful. So when people, they see this stuff, they just say, you know what, have you studied Greek? Because I can take you there with my Greek interlinear Bible, and I can show you these words. Uh, malakas, you heard the word coitus in it. It, it. It's about same sex. Furthermore, if you don't like that, Romans chapter one is crystal clear on the subject because it doesn't use an adjective. It actually describes the activity. So you've got a you've got a tough road to sled with with that because it tickles the ear. But the truth of the matter is, the Greek is actually quite. In fact, oh, oh. Did you want to talk about the Septuagint? We'll do that next on Wretched Radio. 
Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Obviously, this is radio, but what do you know about Wretched TV? Wretched TV is also hosted by Todd, and it's aired on over 135 Christian TV networks. You can also find it on streaming services like Roku, Amazon Fire TV, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, or the always trustworthy Wretched.org. And also head over to Wretched.org, click the donate page, and look at how you might become a Wretched Gospel partner. Wretched TV, Wretched Radio, or any of the productions of Gospel Partners Media would not be possible without our Gospel Partners. And as a matter of fact, right now is the perfect time for you to become a Wretched Gospel Partner. Thanks to some very generous Gospel Partners, now through the end of the year, every dollar that's donated will be matched. So you can literally double the impact of your gift to Wretched. Get all of the details and information at Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable, biblical, health, sharing has a 98% approval rating, 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Books of the Bible. Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, have you heard about the Greek Old Testament, this is Wretched Radio. A lot of hullabaloo these days, a lot of efforts being made to dive into the Greek language to unravel what was clearly raveled when Paul wrote to Timothy and to the Corinthian church, stating very clearly, using two Greek words, that same-sex activity 
is A Sin in the Eyes of God, a new film, 1946. When the RSV was translated, they make the accusation that those people, they changed the word to homosexual, but that's not what Paul intended. He was prohibiting abusive forms of same-sex activity. He was not because, well, frankly, Paul... He wasn't aware. He didn't understand the concept at the time. He was limited in his inspired ability to write the Bible. Hey, that doesn't make any sense. He didn't understand that there could be same-sex marriages, healthy relationships between same-sex couples. So he would not prohibit that. Furthermore, the Greek language, we just got it wrong starting in 1946. No, we didn't. And this is when a little bit of an understanding of the Greek language is so crucial. I don't think every Christian needs to become a Greek scholar, but I do believe it is well worth the effort to expend some mental capital to memorize the Greek alphabet so that you can read Greek words and find them in an interlinear translation where it's English and Greek, so you can see which word it represents what. And then here's what you'll see. So let's just say um, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. I'm not sure about word order, but let's just work with it. Gar, that's, that's the Greek word. For, because God so loved the world. Oh, that's number 812. What's that number doing by four? Well, it's telling you that's where it is in your concordance or your Greek lexicon. And then you can go and read what the word actually means. It is so helpful and so worth, worth your time. And hey, right now you could actually get It's Not Greek to Me, where you can learn the Greek alphabet and some basic Greek grammar. You're not going to be forced to memorize thousands of vocables. You'll just be introduced to the Greek language so you can understand, oh, that's how it works. And that is how I actually can read Greek. It ain't all that hard. It really isn't. The Greek al alpha, beta, gamma, delta, D A, B, G, D, epsilon, uh, sound. It's not that hard to remember. You just have to remember the symbols that represent those sounds. But you won't have a difficult time memorizing it, and you'll be able to go look up the word arsenikoites. What is that? It's the term that Paul used to say homosexual behavior is sinful. Where did he come up with that term? Now, we do have to recognize there is a possibility that Paul has coined some language that didn't exist heretofore. That was not uncommon for educated men to write words, put smash two together to have it give a new meaning to something, to describe something. That, that wasn't uncommon. We think Paul did that on occasion. Did he do that with arsenikoites? And I think the answer is found in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It's called the Septuagint, and it was translated before the Bible writers wrote the New Testament. That means in the first century, the Bible authors had a Greek translation of the mostly Hebrew, a little bit of Arabic, Old Testament translated. Scoot back to Leviticus 20.13, which talks about homosexuality. What words are used to describe that activity that is forbidden in Leviticus chapter 20? Glad you asked. Two words, arsane and koite. 
That's arsenikoites. So in other words, Paul was actually using Greek Septuagint language to describe homosexuality in Leviticus 20, verse 13, to express that in the Greek language to the Corinthian church and to young Timothy. So with all due respect to 1946, it was a very good year, but the RSV translators were not up to shenanigans. Uh, they, 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 they were pretty accurate in, in how they translated. Not perfectly, of course, but they were pretty accurate because they understood the Greek language is really airtight. Don't let anybody try to razzle-dazzle you with Greek and to say, well, no, no, this is what it actually meant. No, no, no. We know because of the Greek Septuagint of the Old Testament, we know exactly what Paul meant. Would you be so kind to send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org? That would be groovy. All right. Jimmy, got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> have you taken It's Not Greek to me? Uh, have I taken it? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. You have, I have not. not. No, I have not. Well, this will be my gift to you. You know why I'm willing to give you this gift? Why? Watch this. Because it's 50% off right now because of the Christmas sale. Ah. That's what, so I'll get that for you for Christmas. Thank you. And then you can study Greek all you want. Right now, a lot of stuff is half off in the store. So if you're thinking about a wretched gift, <laughs> and I'm not talking about a pet rock, if you're thinking about a wretched gift, now would be the time to go shopping at wretched.org. And might I do a shout out that I don't usually shout about? If you've never considered being a gospel partner, oh, we'd be so grateful right now. This is just flabbergasting to me. Phil Johnson, a long time ago, you've heard me say this multiple times if you've listened to this program more than once, which nobody has. Phil Johnson once said, God's people are very generous, and it's stuck in my head. And the reason that it stays stuck is because I see it over and over and over again. I just saw some report uh, it was that Christians gave $100 billion away <laughs> last year. That's just a mass—I hope I've got that stat right. It's a massive—we're— we are the giving people, and I've seen that so many times. So right now, we've got a matching gift, dollar for dollar. If you give whatever, it's basically doubled. Would you please consider becoming a gospel partner, like, right now? Because if nothing else, it's a good deal. Now, I know you're thinking, cheapskate Christian, you're going, okay, well, I'd like to give them some money, but right now there's a match, so I only need to give them half. No, that's not the way the math works on this. <laughs> now, I applaud your stinginess <laughs> and your frugality because I got a serious case of that. But right now, everything that you give, it will be doubled, so we'd appreciate it, especially at this time of year, so crucial for, well, every ministry. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Isaac, who says, Todd... I've been reading a small book for over five months called Practicing the Presence uh -oh. of God uh -uh. by uh -oh. Brother, Brother Lawrence. What's mm. your opinion? Yeah, well, I think I've just shared it. Did, did this make your top 10 list? <laughs> bad books? Yeah. Well, we didn't do a list of a thousand bad books that were written. We <laughs> only did 10. So there's that. By the way, right now, assembling a 10 books that you will actually read list <laughs> Let's be honest, it's a struggle to ride the reading bus. 
I think there's 10 books that might cause you to actually read it from cover to cover. We'll be preparing that YouTube video soon. Practicing the presence of God. Here's my question for you. What does that mean? How do you experience God and his presence? Well, we can take a look at the Bible and say, if I were in the presence of God, I'd be dust. <laughs> I, I would be in big trouble. I really wouldn't stand the heat of being in the presence of God. So why do we use that term so much? Well, I, I think the idea behind it is that you just, you really, you feel God's presence. And we do that through a lot of manipulative ways these days. A lot of times through repetitious music, practicing the presence, experiencing God, all designed to kind of, well, I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize their thinking, but to give us a warm and fuzzy. But here's the reality. You are experiencing the presence of God. You just probably aren't cognizant of it. It's, it's not like he's like this mystical force, and it's like, okay, if I sing this song or practice this book and practice from Brother Lawrence and empty my brain or I do some sort of labyrinth, I'm going to feel God. Well, God is always imminent. He is always near. It's just that we aren't thinking about it. Is God near to you, Christian? Yeah, he's actually in you near. It's just remembering that and then letting that knowledge, that cognition inform your emotions to go, wow, it is well with my soul because God is indeed near. No, he's actually habitating inside of me. And you think, think, think. I just wrote about this. I'm sending it out, I think, in a newsletter. Titus chapter 2. Go read it and start circling repeated words. And you know what word you're going to see repeated nine times? Teach, 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 teach. You go, that took forever. Exactly. Bang, 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 bang. In other words, we are a cognitive religion. Our brains are filled with knowledge of God, and that then affects our emotions, and it ignites our worship. So ditch the Brother Lawrence, Experiencing God, Cataphatic Prayers, and any books like that that simply aren't biblical. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. In a recent interview, Rachel Sweet the head of the pro-abortion coalition of Kansas revealed the tactics she used to secure the defeats of pro-life initiatives at the ballot box in Kansas and Kentucky. In August, Kansans rejected the Value Them Both ballot initiative that would have enabled the state legislature to enact protections for pre-born children. And in November, voters in Kentucky rejected Amendment 2, which would have explicitly stated that the state's constitution does not protect the right to abortion. In the interview, Sweet discussed her efforts to secure a favorable outcome for murdering unborn babies, and she said that it was very important for her to rely on the tactic of hiding the truth. Yeah, the truth that abortion is the murder of an innocent human being, that probably wouldn't have helped her at all. Well, a corporate law firm allegedly fired one of its senior partners and accused her of racism 
for voicing her support of Roe vs. Wade being overturned earlier this year. Robin Keller was the attorney that was relieved of her duties, and she detailed her story in a Wall Street Journal article earlier this week. And though the meeting was meant for employees to be able to share their opinion, she said the firm made clear that only one specific opinion, the one that's in favor of abortion, was going to be allowed. Keller also wrote in her article that she later received some support from certain people in her company, but said that they could only support her privately and quietly. Well, you know, you just have to consider the source. We all know the metaverse is going to be such a big, major deal for our future. Such a big deal that the European Union recently held a metaverse party, a party they spent $400,000 to host and only six people showed up. That's $80,000 per person if you leave out the journalist who also showed up. I guess that's money well spent if you're the European Union. But we do have some good news to end the week on. From Vermont, a major legal victory for a group of parents will see the state stop excluding religious schools from their tuition assistance program. Families who live in Vermont towns where there is no local public school will now be able to receive tuition assistance to send their kids to faith-based schools, according to court documents filed earlier this week. For more than two decades, Vermont has unlawfully excluded religious schools and their students from the public benefits, essentially eliminating school choice for many parents in the state. The attorneys in the case said the settlement also means that families who requested tuition for religious schools but were denied by the school districts will be reimbursed for the tuition they've had to pay out of pocket. The state of Vermont and the school districts will also pay the families attorney fees, according to the Alliance Defending Freedom. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 describes the Son of Man who came from heaven, received worship from all nations, and rules a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Jesus uses this title to affirm that He is fully human and fully divine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here we go. Wait, I interrupt my own program to bring this announcement. Jimmy, do we have the mailbag loaded? Are people calling one 282 beep No, we do not. Hmm. Jimmy, whose job is it to assemble those phone calls at one 282 beep Well, it, it's mine. Uh-huh, I see. I, I was sick. And All there, right, fine. <laughs> there was like a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll get to those next week. Keep calling if you'd be so kind. one 282 beep one 282 beep In the meantime, we'll let Jimmy exercise his nasally voice to share your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, sent to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Brent. We do have church signs, though, don't we? Uh, well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we have so many in there that I didn't have to add to that. Isn't that? I'm just telling you, you tickle me pink. People, Christians can just be so clever, so funny. They they 
they call in these church signs that catch their attention. And it just amuses and agitates me. Because <laughs> more often than not, they're not so good. So we got church signs. Ixnay on the beep talk. But please keep calling. Jimmy will indeed get to it once his medication gets dialed back. Because I suspect you're a little high. Uh, yeah. Then what's maybe. your def- what's your definition? Well, it depends on if you're taking Sudafed or Actifed. If uh, you're if you're taking the Sudafed, you're probably pretty clear. The Actifed, oof! I think that's the, the Actifed is the one that makes you drowsy. Oh yeah, no. drowsy? Are you kidding? Don't operate heavy machinery after taking an Actifed. And I'm serious about this. I'm talking about even unplugging your refrigerator. Do not operate heavy <laughs> equipment with the Actifed. And I'm done. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> right. I was just waiting. Yeah. Um, this one comes from Brent. What are you taking? Uh, actually, I didn't. I didn't take any prescription medication or anything like that. I, I took just over the counter stuff. Right. Just uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen. That's it. Nothing yeah. though for your nose. To I, open it up, close yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. There was this. I don't know what it actually was. Did my, you buy this on a street corner? <laughs> my wife gave it to me. So I see. I, she just said, "Here, take this." And you were dutiful. Every 12 hours, I took that bottle of stuff, and I don't know what was Can I just confess what might potentially be a sin? When I get some sort of schmutz, and it's like, oh, and I want to be able to sleep, (coughs) I want to be able to sleep tonight. NyQuil? Yeah. Look, I I think Christians have liberty to consume alcohol. I don't. But I got to tell you, I do dig that NyQuil shot at night. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a wine-bibber? Please send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, Brent, Brenton is wondering how, or do you have any ideas on how he can be slow to correct others? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just start by saying, I think you could have phrased that sentence better. Oh, Sorry. I just did the very thing he's endeavoring to not do. Christian maturity is going to help you with this. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe share some practical ideas to get there. But Christian maturity, the longer you're a Christian, the more self-control you're going to have, the more discernment you're going to have, the more presence of mind that you will have to determine, do I really need to address this issue It was with Daryl B. Harrison. We did a breaking bread together, and we talked about the issues of CRT, racism in America, et cetera. And he said something that, you know, I knew, but it just crystallized a concept for me. He said, we don't have to win every argument. And there's a the pugnacious part of me is, oh, yes, I do. Or if I know something that you clearly don't, I must share it with you. No. I don't have to share everything. We don't have to correct every expression of bad grammar. I haven't accomplished that goal yet, but we don't have to correct. Somebody gets a date wrong. If I could just slip this into spouses, you you don't always need to correct each other. Whichever gender you want to, whatever gender you consider yourself. <laughs> so you're a, you're a woman and your husband says to, a, the, to the couple that you're having dinner with, you know, we ate at that restaurant, um, McCarthy's, and the wife goes, it's McCartney's. Uh, you know, just 
you don't always and, and same thing for us guys you just uh we we were we were at this place and we were standing in line and there were three people in front of us there were only two people in front of us it's just you don't have to do that same thing is true even when you're debating theology, especially in evangelism, you don't have to correct every nonsensical thing an unbeliever says. You, you would spend all of your time endeavoring to do that. Let some things go. And as you mature in the Christian faith, you'll be able to do that better and better. So how might I get better and better at it? And you're going to think this is circular, but this is the path to being able to have self-control. Have some self-control. Just start thinking before you start speaking. Isn't that what we're admonished to do? Slow to speak, quick to listen. Somebody says something, uh, you know, I think that uh, that Jesus is appearing to people in dreams. Okay, I instantly have got a bunch of Bible verses loaded up. Uh, no. he. Paul said he's the last one who got to see the resurrected Christ. Uh, blessed are those who, who have not seen and yet believe. Now, do I need to download that in that instance? Maybe, but maybe not. So what do I do? I stop and think. I can circle back if I need to. I can send an email later, but I don't, this this pent up, just go ahead and say something because I'm just waiting because I'm gonna get, get to something here. Just, just control yourself and you will have increased self-control. That's how we go, grow in godliness. I, I think this discipline applies to probably every sinful expression we have. Not sure, but I know for sure anger is one of them. Remember, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So how do you produce the righteousness of God? You don't have anger. How do you do that? You don't have anger. Instead of going, oh! <sighs> okay, have I ever done that? Would there be some reason that a human being shouldn't do something like that that makes them deficient as an image bearer of God? <sighs> Jesus died for me while I was yet sinning. He was so patient with me. Then tell me what else did you do? Because you don't always, and as you practice that self-control, you're going to grow in self-control. As you act righteously in response to some dopey or sinful behavior, you're going to be growing in righteousness. That is the path forward. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to ideaatwretched.org. You know what helped me with patience and anger? I was going to jump in, but it, I practiced some self-control there. <laughs> See what I just did? It, Atlanta traffic. Oh, <laughs> to exercise some self-control? Yeah, for sure, because, I, you know, coming from where I come from, traffic is pretty well non-existent unless you came from new york or la yeah it's like what is with all of the people out here and it it bothered me at first a lot and mm -hmm. i realized that well i'm when i get done being mad they're still gonna be there they are still gonna be so. just this morning okay trying to get onto the freeway there were there were there was a turn lane and the truck was stopped blocking us and it's like duh don't you know how short that left turn signal is? Come on, what's going on? And you're gapping too much. Turns out this fellow decided, I'm just going to wait here till I can get into the lane I actually want to be in, blocking all of the cars behind it. In other words, I've made a mistake and I'm not going to pay the price. Y'all are. <laughs> and it can agitate you. 
Or you can go, have I ever been in a similar situation? Now, I have to admit, I do believe the principle should be if you make a mistake driving, you pay the price. But we've all done it. And when I forget that, then I get torqued at the guy in the truck. And by the way, if you'd like to know their 800 number, I did write it down because it was on a bumper sticker. Practice self-control. And one of the best ways to do that is remembering the times you've done it. Because if you haven't done that very thing, which you probably have, you've done something similar. And even if you haven't done something completely similar, or even remotely similar, you've done something wrong. You've done something that inconvenienced people. And by the way, if you don't think that you have, woofda. Am I glad I didn't marry you? Because, wow, that is a forgetfulness of the very essence of the Christian faith, which is the gospel, which contains two messages. You're a bad sinner. Jesus is an amazing Savior. And when we forget that we're bad, we're bad, we're really, really bad, oh, we get angry at people. If you want a tool to help you grow in self-control, to not be angry at people, do sin math. Remember how much you have sinned. Remember how much worse your sins against God are than the sins that that truck driver committed against me, because that was a sin. I'm so, just telling you. So was was writing down the 800 number self-control? Jimmy, <laughs> I'm trying to help a man drive better. Okay. I'm not trying to get him fired or anything. Okay. Well, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> just, I'm a giver who practices self control we will church sign it next on wretched radio 200 that's right 200 tomorrow clubs are now up and running again in ukraine that means kids are hearing the gospel they're getting saved their parents are getting saved the church is getting strengthened not only are the tomorrow clubs busy preaching the gospel they're also very busy helping people this is our buddy max in ukraine we have created the ukraine support fund thanks to our partners tomorrow clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local church it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth Season 12. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth season three with host john for it's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org hey isn't this 
groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched attributes of god god is incomprehensible finite humans cannot fully comprehend the one who created everything yet he has revealed himself in the bible And while we cannot know Him exhaustively, we can know what is true about Him. And once we are reconciled through Christ, we will never stop learning about Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. So then we put it on the freeway. Everybody let's go. Oh. <laughs> Here I was trying to be hip, and I was not even remotely close to that goal. This is Wretched Radio, one 282 beep You drive by a church sign, you think it's wretched. We'd like to hear about it. one 282 Church sign. America, the elephant and the donkey can't help you. You must turn back to the land. Amen to that. Maybe wouldn't write it quite like that, but just the same. That's a good sentiment, isn't it? We, in fact, this message isn't just for America, you know, those people out there. That's a message for us in the church. We understand politics and the role it plays in the lives of every human being on the planet for all time, because every nation has some form of government. So we get the importance of it. It does impact us, but it can't save us. If there had been a real red wave, do you think that somehow the what a Respect for Marriage Act wouldn't have passed? It did. It's gonna. It's on the way. Do you think that people would stop being postmodern? Do you think that people would stop behaving in an autonomous way, especially when it comes to sexual expression? None of that would change. Do you think CRT would go away? Do you think drag story hour would just disappear? No, it's, it's, it's not politics that is going to change the hearts and the moral behavior of people. That must be an internal change that only comes as a result of preaching the gospel and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit in the life of a depraved sinner. Then they're going to start behaving better. And that is why we get the role the government plays, but the donkey and the elephant, definitely the donkey, aren't going to save you. But neither is the elephant. If you have not thought this through yet, you might want to hurry up. We're looking at a party now 
that is not adhering to the values that they held on to like two minutes ago. Twelve Republican senators, 12, voted for the Respect for Marriage Act. I think it was 46 House members. No, it's, it's still got a way to go in the process again. But the point is, you're seeing a Republican Party that ain't so Republican. What are you going to do? Now, how are you going to vote? Are you going to give money to that party? Might want to start thinking about it because <laughs> it's, it's getting a little tricky out there, isn't it? And speaking of the elephant and the donkey, that symbol of the two parties, those symbols help us understand how to translate and interpret the book of Revelation. You say, what? In a resource available at Wretched.org called Herman Who, I'm pretty certain I use this illustration. There are symbols that are used in the book of Revelation that the original audience in the late first century would have understood. For instance, let's just say uh, what I think uh, was the election November 4th. Yes. Okay. So it's November 5th. And let's just say there was a cartoon, not even in words. It's a cartoon. It's an elephant stomping on a donkey that's lying on the ground. You what would what would you take from that? Oh, there was a red wave the Republicans won. How do you know that? Because you understood the symbols of our time. And the same thing is true with the book of Revelation. They knew those symbols. They understood what those things meant. So now we must endeavor rather than taking the newspaper in one hand, the book of Revelation in the other. We have to understand how they understood those symbols and what John was intending to convey when he used language that appears to be so bizarre. It's not. It was perfectly understood by the first century audience. one 282 beep if you got yourself a church sign. Church sign. I want to have lunch with this guy. (laughs) I don't know who you are, sir, but you're a goof. And I like that about Christians. Here's one from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Unitarian Universalists are on the side of love. Yeah, sure. But they don't understand what love is. They don't understand what genuine biblical love is. Furthermore, they don't understand that love is a law. We love to say love. You see the shirt, be kind. That's a law. And it's an onerous law. You mean, I need to be kind to everyone. What is that standard? How kind do I need to be? And the answer is maximum kind. You do stuff for people that you give to people. You can't be that kind of kind. You can't love enough. You just, you don't have enough hours in the day. You wouldn't get much done. Love is a law. So to the Unitarian Universalists who would say, just love because that makes us sound nice. Um, Actually, no, no, it doesn't. Furthermore, I did receive an email from somebody, the nerve, trying to correct my pronunciation of Canada, stating that's not how we say it. Um, I have access to YouTube. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Church time. Count your blessings, not your problems. Now, we're going to have to have three people at lunch. (laughs) (laughs) But that's actually good advice. It, it, 
it doesn't mean neglect your problems, don't address your problems, consider plan for issues, but think about blessings. That is what Paul does. That is what Peter does repeatedly in their epistles. They always start that way. They lift up God. They remind us of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, the spiritual blessings that are in the heavenly realms for believers. Now I'm going to get to the issue that I wanted to talk to you about. He turns our eyes toward thankfulness and consider 1 Peter perhaps more than any other epistle. This is the persecution book. These are people who are suffering. And isn't it funny how casual Peter is? You know, for a little while, you got to suffer. Yeah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So how does he help people not see suffering as that big of a deal? Well, he reminds us it's temporary. Eternity is, you know, eternal. But your biggest problem has been solved. You are in a relationship with God. Think about your blessings and then your troubles. They won't go away. They don't disappear, but they do take on a correct perspective. If you are waiting on God, do what servers do. Serve. Say that. She didn't say church sign. It just. Well, then we can't use this. <laughs> Madam, do we have her number at church? <laughs> no. This is a disciplinary issue. If you're waiting on God, do what servers do. If you're waiting, okay, let me. If you are waiting on God, do what servers do. Serve. I see. So we've got ourselves a bit of a restaurant pun here. All righty. Church sign, eternity is a long time to be wrong. Now you did, I think we heard one similar to that. Yeah, there's a lot of similars. Eternity is a long time. To, I like that sign, actually. That is, that is a good sign. Well, uh, uh, I was just, I was reading something. I have no recollection what it was, but it, or it was a, somebody was commenting on people who are on their deathbeds. They don't have, to, oh, I know they didn't, they don't have time to be false or to pretend there's something. It was, it was a video of a guy who was a soldier, like a strapping 220 pound soldier. Now, about 98 pounds being consumed by cancer. And and on his deathbed, he made a profession of, oh, I know, it was from Chuck Swindoll and Salem Radio. I remember this now. And it was Chuck Swindoll. He'd received a letter. It was this chaplain saying he met this guy and he used to look like this, but now he's like that and he's in a bed. And he asked him, are you afraid to die? And he said, no, I know where I'm going. I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ because he's purchased me. He's redeemed me. And the guy commented that on people's deathbeds, the facade of being a tough guy kind of goes away because it's coming down to brass tacks right now. And you and I would do well to use that knowledge that everybody has, that death is imminent and there is something on the other side because eternity is written on our hearts. We do have a knowledge of God embedded into our DNA Ask people, you know, eternity, on the day you die, you're going to enter into the forever. What if it's rotten for you? Like really terrible forever. And I'm talking really bad, like even worse than watching nothing but the Hallmark Channel 24-7. We're talking really bad here. Jimmy, I'm thinking about correcting myself. On what? Well, the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, yeah. Pretty bad. Don't <laughs> mind me saying so. Really tough to watch them shows. 
Use eternity, and that church sign, I think, does just that. Eternity is a long time to be wrong, so why don't I practice what I am currently preaching and ask you, are you ready for eternity? Are you sure? You say, I don't feel sure. Well, the reality is you don't have to feel sure. You need to know that you've repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, and then you can know that you are actually his. So if you have never put your trust in the amazing Savior who died for sinners, today is the day of salvation because eternity is a long time to be wrong. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.